One of the things I love about this show in the five years, we've gained a mythology. We did what we have? Yeah. You gained a mythology? I'm a myth? We're both myths. Stuff like uh, the fact that well, you want to see why you would be a myth. <laughs> the fact that like there are people who refer to who the beautiful one now. Yeah. Who yeah. talk about how you can love your characters, but you can't and love your characters. We all feel better. We all feel better in the dark. I'm gonna drop this one time for your mind right now. Tommy D on the mic, best listen up now. Better in the dark is taking place right now. But this ain't a normal show, this is point five now. Yeah, I said it, show's a little shorter. But they give you content in a timely order. So take notes of everything they mentioning. Better in the dark, point five, get the listening. Hyphen, what it is right now. Tom is what it is right now. Derek, what it is right now. Better in the dark, what it is right now. <laughs> and until we get back in touch with you. Go watch that movie. Right, Devin? Go watch that movie. <laughs> I understand that it's around Halloween and all when we're mm-hmm. recording this. And I definitely understand why we're going to be talking about men in women's fat suits. Why did you put me in one, Derek? As a matter of fact... Folks, both me and Tom are sitting here in blonde wigs and dresses for this special episode of Better in the Dark. Because I'm a pretty lady. Not as pretty as I am. Uh-huh. Y'all guys ought to see me, but these heels are killing me, though. Yes, we got it going on. This is a point five, as I'm sure you figured out by the fact that there's a point five at the end of the number here. Yes. And this one comes out of a conversation I had with Derek, because as we mentioned as, many times... As usually happens. We're just sitting around bullshitting, talking about stuff, and something comes up, and one of us stops the other and says, hey, this should be an episode. Yeah, because usually what happens with these things is that there's a lot of good stuff being said back and forth, and I actually have to stop Tom and say, oh, hold it, stop. Yeah. We should make this point five. Let's not wait till right. now. Let's wait till we can get it down for eternal posterity. And in this case, it was a discussion we had about Alex Cross, film that at the time was forthcoming, mm-hmm. starring one Tyler Perry, who is, shall we say, a rather polarizing figure mm-hmm. among movie fans. That is quite accurate. I know that there are a number of my friends of the African-American persuasion who say that if he ever wants to have a big fight at Thanksgiving or Easter, Mm -hmm. when all the family is together, all he has to do is bring up Tyler Perry. Yeah. Even the more African-Americans, as you accurately put. Not all of us agree about Tyler yeah. Perry. Spike Lee, in a very memorable interview that started a feud between him and Tyler Perry, said that he considered Tyler Perry's movies to be nothing but the modern-day version of a minstrel show. Mm-hmm. And it was total buffoonery, to which Tyler Perry responded to Spike Lee that he should shut the hell up, which I kind of agree with myself. Spike Lee has got a very bad habit of running his mouth and criticizing. He He's got little man syndrome. Like the thing he did with Clint Eastwood, yeah. where he criticized Clint Eastwood, a movie he made about the Battle of Iwo mm-hmm. Jima. And he said, there were no black soldiers. All right, at Iwo Jima. Right, yeah. That's what Clint Eastwood said. He said, I didn't put any black soldiers in the movie because there were no black soldiers at I Iwo did Jima. the research, damn it. There were get no off black my lawn. And see, my thing is, if you feel that way about it, go make your own right. movie, which he did. The Miracle of St. Anne's, which I'm not going to go into detail here because this is not about Spike Lee. But that movie wasn't so hot. Just right. let me put it that way. I'm maybe fairly rare in that I'm actually a white man who has seen a Tyler Perry film. <laughs> Was it Medea Goes to Jail? Yeah, okay. Which I saw quite by accident because I'm flipping through the channels mm. and I saw... I swear to God, I thought it was a TV movie at first. Yeah. 
because it had that kind of weird TV movie feel about, and then up pops Medea and I'm like oh my gosh I'm watching a Tyler Perry movie right and I proceeded to watch for the remainder of the 90 minutes running time mm-hmm. and I gotta admit I was somewhat appalled okay I thought it was a very very poor product mm-hmm. this prompted me and Derek having a conversation about how I thought that it was kind of sad that this guy was doing a half-assed job but he thought he could get away with because he had this very solid niche market that was locked in on him well yeah and you have to remember something okay a little bit of backstory here right Tyler Perry started out in what is popularly known as the Chitlin circuit but for the purpose of being professional it is the urban theater yes. circuit he would write a play and take it on the road and go to different theaters in different cities. And these were plays that were deliberately written for and targeted to urban black audiences. Therefore, they were written in a vernacular and a style. It wouldn't appeal to a lot of people, but he did that deliberately. Right. These plays were wildly successful. They were as much comedies as they were dramas. And people like that kind of roller coaster thing about Tyler Perry's movie is that it's not one thing or another. So, after he did the plays, got a whole bunch of money because he's place was highly successful they're still playing today and if you go to Netflix you will not only see the film versions of these plays but then he adapted them in the movies right you're right he doesn't spend a lot of money on his movie I like Tyler Perry and I'm not going to defend the cheapness of how his movie a lot of them look like they could be TV movies because he doesn't spend but that's why he makes a profit because mm-hmm. he doesn't put out a lot of he tends to use the same actors right. over and over again he's got a regular uh, ensemble of actors that he uses the storylines they're tailored toward African Americans so that they deal with certain subjects that are most familiar to them there are a lot of serious subjects in there he deals with alcoholism he deals with drug abuse, he deals with prostitution, mm-hmm. he deals with a lot of the societal ills, joblessness, homelessness. He deals with a lot of the societal ills that plague African Americans. Right. And not just that, I mean, it's among all races really in America, but this is the market that he's targeted to. Now, here is my beef with why people say they don't like Tyler Perry. Well, he just writes movies just for the black people. Yes, he does. <laughs> Let's be honest about it, laid on the table, he does. Because that is the market he saw that there was something lacking and he filled that need. I don't think it's right to hate somebody for seeing a need and say, I want to fill that hole. Right. He's providing entertainment to a lot of people. Apparently, he's making them happy because the man's movies have made a half billion dollars. Isn't he like the fifth richest Hollywood person? Or something? He's like super, super rich. He's got Oprah Winfrey money. Yeah. <laughs> he's entered into a deal with Oprah Winfrey to provide original content for her own network, right. which is struck Which means that'll be the second network that he. He has an exclusive deal with. Yeah, because he has one with PBS. Originally, it was a show he had, The House of Pain. Which is now in syndication on top of that. Right. It was on Fox originally. But Tyler Perry wanted total control over his show, and they wouldn't give it to him. So then he went to TBS, and they said, yeah, we'll do anything you want. Until now, he's got three shows on there now. Friday nights is locked up. He's got all of his sitcoms on there. To me, him to step into the role of Alex Cross at this time, I think he did it because now he's saying even if it is a flop, it's not going to hurt me financially. Let's be honest, it's not going to hurt him. So he said, I can step out and I can take this risk. And to be totally fair, Mm -hmm. and you and I have remarked on this in this conversation, he's not having the hubris of trying to do this himself. He went out and found an action director with a track record. Right. Rob Cohen. Rob Cohen, yeah. Did The Fast and the Furious. Right. He did Triple X. Right. A few other movies, yeah. To 
execute this thing. So it's not him deciding I'm going to become a real serious actor. Now. It's not a vanity project. Yeah. Because the screenplay was written by somebody. Mm -hmm. Usually on his movies, he writes the screenplay. Right. He does the music. He edits it. He does the catering. Right. <laughs> he does all, nah, he didn't do it. He turned it over to other people and he just came in and just did the acting, which I think was a smart move on his part. Mm -hmm. Because it's showing people this isn't a vanity project. Right. I have a statement. Yes, sir. And a question. Because the main reason I suggested this point five, of course, was because you gave this interesting defense of Perry. I wanted it to be expanded for everybody. Is there a difference between Tyler Perry doing these kind of half-assed movies and half-assed TV shows for a niche market and what UPN did back in the 90s, where it was referred to as, forgive me for using this phrase, Go ahead. you pick a nigga, where they carpet bomb the schedule with these really piss-poor sitcoms mm -hmm. that all feature black actors. Yeah, yeah. I freely admit, some of them I watched that I laughed at, like Homeboys in Outer Space. Mm -hmm. Yes, folks, I did watch Homeboys in Outer Space. Then we had the infamous case of right. The Secret Diary of yeah. Desmond Pfeiffer. Right. That show was run off of TV yeah. with pitchforks and, ah, oh, get that thing off of TV. For those of you, I remember our friend of the show, Perry Constantine, he actually thought that was a joke. He read that someplace. He yeah. had no idea that that was, a lot of people think this was a joke. That No, this, this actually This happened. was an actual show. Folks. I've seen it with my own eyes. This was a show that UPN, and I think it lasted. was Flex, wasn't it? Was the star? Matter of fact, it was Jimmy Bride. Jimmy Bride, okay. He played Desmond Pfeiffer. You're oh, you're, oh, I'm thinking of Homeboys, Homeboys Out of Space. Okay, yeah. Flex was there in was Okay, I got my wires crossed. Yeah, but the premise of The Secret Diary of Desmond Pfeiffer was that it was a show told from the point of view of an ex-slave who now worked for Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. He was his servant or valet. And yes, folks, that was an actual show I saw. And I think it ran for a total of three episodes yeah. before they pulled it. I think it was one of the first shows out of the gate after the initial three shows at that UPN release. Homeboys in Outer Space lasted a full season, and I actually think it lasted that long because one of the supporting characters in there was, again, yeah. folks, I'm not lying about this, James Doohan from right. Star Trek, who was playing a variation yeah. of a Scotty character. And you have Malcolm and Eddie. Yeah, Malcolm and Eddie. Which, actually, I like Malcolm and Eddie a lot because of Malcolm Jamal Warner, first yeah. of all, and Eddie Griffin, both of who are very likable comedians. I had the privilege of meeting Malcolm Jamal Warner one time. Mm -hmm. Very lovely young man. He was yeah. young when I met him. I especially liked it because of the episode that they had. They actually did a whole episode based around did... The thing is called the Sanford and Sanford. Sanford. <laughs> Sanford had a son and a car and a and he worked in the junkyard. The whole episode was Eddie insisting that the song had lyrics and everybody yeah. else equally insisting no, oh, it did not. <laughs> yeah, they had some pretty good shows that was in there. I could not stand the Parker. Monique was a character. Now, that was buffoonery. Yeah, I did not like that show at all. But you didn't ask that. You asked, yeah. was there a difference between what Tyler Perry does and, and what UPN did back in the 90s. That was the only reason UPN lasted 10 years. Even though all their shows were in the bottom five percentile of the Nielsen rating board every week. Those shows, The Ed, Parkers, the Parkers Homeboys in Outer Space, Space, Malcolm and Eddie, they, Girlfriend. Well, Girlfriends was actually a classier show. Yes, it was. Girlfriends was a very classy show. Girlfriends was very unashamed in that it was a black version of Sex and yeah. City. So, as a result, yeah, the production values of that was a little bit better. Also, they made a big deal of the fact that Diana Ross's daughter was starring yeah. on the show. So they got a lot of mileage out of that. You can see where they put a lot more money into that. And oddly enough, during the tail end of, I 
Durham Price Publications' existence has a, an independent publisher. One of the reasons it survived was because it actually put out, for some bizarre reason, a girlfriend's tie-in novel. Really? That actually was a bestseller. Oh, I believe it. There are some things that, and I don't want to say it's just some things yeah. that black people will buy, but mm-hmm. yes, they will buy it because it's something that, and a lot of people don't want to seem to understand this. They say, well, I don't understand that. I don't get that. There are some images of black people that we just don't get to see all the time right. on a movie screen or in a TV show. So when we do get it, I'm old enough to remember, and a lot of you out there who are my age and grew up during the 60s and 70s, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. People will call each other up on the phone if there was a show that had a black person on it. Right. They really did, folks. They would call, oh, listen, you got to turn the channel four. So-and-so is on there now. Yeah. And it was a network that we had. This was the internet before the yeah. internet. If Bill Cosby was going to be on the Mike Douglas right. show, people would call each other up because it was that rare when we saw it. Exactly. Flip Wilson show. Yeah. Flip Wilson show was must-see viewing for everybody mm-hmm. who was black. Black people stayed home to watch Flip Wilson, who was the first black man to have a comedy variety show. People stayed home to watch this stuff. It was such a hunger for us to see us on a big screen or a small screen, and it still carries over today because there are just certain roles that we don't see black people in. And I think that what happens, especially since Tyler Perry's product is directed toward urban audiences, this is what they're seeing. They're seeing characters on the screen that are going through the same difficulties right. with their family that they're going through. Mm-hmm. He'll have a character in there who's cheating on his wife. Well, that automatically gets all the right. black women riled up. They want to go see. <laughs> they see things where they have the husband. He loses his job, and he's right. trying to figure out how to support his family. And then we have Medea, who is the feisty grandmother. And everybody has got a Medea in their family. I don't I don't care if you're white, black, mm-hmm. Puerto Rican, whatever. Which is why the character has such a universal appeal. I had a Medea in my family. Right. I'm pretty sure you had one in your family. You don't want to admit it, but you got one. And a lot of people out there... Well, there was my Uncle Chuck who'd like to dress in women's clothing. Okay, but, well, uh, <laughs> we won't go there at all. That's why, because he has apparently tapped into this where people say, I know these people. Either I've lived through what they've lived through, or I know people who live what they went through. And that is simply the secret to the success. As opposed to the shows on UPN, which are strictly product. Right. At least I would say that Tyler Perry, his motivations for doing this is not solely for profit. It is to give people an uh, outlet to see themselves on screens and they're happy. They say, okay, well, fine. At last I get to see some black right. people doing something on screen besides robbing and stealing and being pimps and whores. Or being the inconsequential authority figure in some primarily white-dominated action movie. Okay, let's jump now to Alex Cross. Alex Cross is a black man who's not playing the sidekick. Mm-hmm. He's a guy in a position of authority and respect. He's a psychologist. He's one of these guys that can look at you and tell what you have for breakfast. Because right. him and his wife play this game where she comes home and she says, okay, well, where have I been? He looks at her hands. He said, oh, yeah, well, you got the car gassed up and you had this for lunch yeah. and you had that. So, okay, we got it. The guy's like a Sherlock Holmes. He's a brilliant criminologist. He's respected by his peers. He's not playing sidekick to anybody. That's tremendously appealing for a lot of black people, including me, which is why I went to see the movie. I said, let me give the guy a chance and see what he can yeah. do. Now, Patricia, my wife, who is a big Alex Cross she's fan. She's the real Alex Cross fan. Matter of fact, she was supposed to go see this with her girlfriends, but something happened right. and they couldn't make it. So she said, well, come with me and go see it. I said, all right, I'll go see it. Was the movie an accurate representation of the Alex Cross character? Patricia says, no, not quite. However, she did say 
that it was better than she thought it was going to be. And if they did make a sequel, which I have since learned there's going to be a sequel, Double Cross, she's going to go see it. Mm-hmm. She says, hopefully, it'll get a little bit closer to... Now, we've seen Alex Cross adapted before with Morgan Freeman, right? Back in the late 90s. It was during that period where it seemed like, didn't it seem for a while, yeah. like, every movie, every six months came out, had yeah, right. him and Ashley Judd in it? Yeah. <laughs> so, wait a minute, I look at the paper, didn't they just make a movie together? You've seen both, right? Yes, I've seen the Morgan Freeman movies, and I've seen, yeah. I've seen Which both. do you think is a better interpretation? The Tyler Perry movie. Okay. By all means, yeah. Because this one, in the books, he's a family man. He lives with his grandmother who raised him. Mm-hmm. He's got a wife. He's got two kids. Morgan Freeman character didn't have a wife. Didn't have right. Matter of fact, especially the one that he co-starred with Ashley Judd. Ashley Judd was more the leading character, and Alice Cross right. was more like a supporting character. And the ones that Morgan Freeman did, there was no wife. There was no kids. There was right. none of it that. It was kind of just there. Exactly. We didn't find out much about his background. The Tyler Perry movie is, in okay. that respect, more accurate. I have one more question for you, and then we can probably wrap this up. Okay. I'm willing to bet that the one of the main reasons Tyler Perry continues to be able to put out these films is because he brings them in under such a low budget oh, yeah, that yeah. it's a low-level investment right. for whatever studio is putting them out. However, do you think it is his obligation to the niche market he has to, now that he has this cred mm-hmm. in Hollywood to be able to put out a better product. Okay, first of all, the better product is kind of debatable because isn't he just using the same business model that Roger Corman, for instance, did, where Roger Corman deliberately made low-budget movies? See, this is why I wanted to bring, the, bring yeah, this yeah. point five. Oh, I knew you were going with it, yeah. yeah. Isn't he just doing that same thing that Roger Corman did for you? And mind you, Roger Corman probably says, yeah, I do that. Why? Because I believe in making money. I don't right. believe in losing money. And to this day, Roger Corbin, I don't believe he's ever lost money on a movie. Broke even, never lost money. Yeah. Well, Tyler Perry's the same way. Mm-hmm. Tyler Perry's never lost money on his, any of his movies. Worldwide, his movies have made over half a billion dollars. Yes, it is debatable. Couldn't he make a better product? Well, yeah, of course he could. Anybody could. But mm-hmm. he's in business to make money. And I don't fault anybody for looking at the business model of anybody who's successful and adapting that for their own use, which is kind of like how I see Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry is a black Roger Corman. He's got his own studio now. He's making his TV shows and his movies. He produces other movies that he's got nothing to do with. And every once in a while, he steps out of his comfort zone and he does a part. Like he did the adaptation of the play for Color Girls. When the Rainbow is Not Enough. That movie sank like the Titanic. Mm -hmm. Even Tyler Perry couldn't save that movie. Which is why I had somebody was asking me. Recently, they just did a remake of the movie Steel Magnolias. Right, with an all-black cast. With an all-black cast. And somebody said to me, well, how come they didn't make that a theatrical movie? And I said, well, I'll give you three words. Four color girls. Yeah. <laughs> they said, after that movie sank, and even Tyler Perry's name couldn't sell it. Right. His- Although... If I may go ahead it for a second, I would think that Steel Magnolias for Curl Girls was still a very obscure play to the yeah. general public. Steel Magnolias was a big hit. I-, I could see an argument being made for giving it a theatrical release, maybe do a slow rollout to see if it could sustain a wide release. Mm-hmm. Well, you understand what I'm saying? I understand yeah. what you're saying, and actually, I've seen it, and I don't know myself why it couldn't have been released theatrically, because it stayed very close to the point where it recreated some of the very scenes that was in the original. And Hollywood, and folks, you got to understand something. 
that in a lot of ways, color really doesn't matter now because the movie market is so competitive right. and nobody wants to lose money. Everybody just wants the sure thing. They want to be 99 point nine 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 percent sure that this is going to make money if they release it in theaters and i think that when they had the little shake-up with the color girls right. and this goes back to what i was saying earlier about even among african-americans there's this thing mm -hmm. about top because a lot of people didn't go see color girls because it wasn't medea and there are some people i know who didn't go see alice cross well why not well they want to see him put on the funny dress right. and i'm sure there are also on the other side people who didn't want to go see for color girls because they thought it was going to be medea well yeah yeah well, that's what or who thought that Alex Cross was going to be Tyler Perry behaving like a goofball. I mean, hell, that. you and I had discussions where we're like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Yeah, and you had some reviews of the movie that would say, well, it would have been better if he had played the movie as Medea. <laughs> <laughs> not really a Tyler Perry specific question, but I have to ask it. What is it about black comedians that they find the idea of getting into a fat suit so funny? I have no idea what it is about black comedians that dress up like women. And this goes back to Flip Wilson. Remember yeah. Flip Wilson with Geraldine. Geraldine. Martin Lawrence. Martin Lawrence. Eddie Murphy. And yeah, Eddie Murphy. I'm sure we can sit here and think of a few more, but yeah, but it just seems like black comedians just love getting into dress. The, the black but, fat, the black woman fat suit. Listen, it makes money. For some reason, people think that's hilarious. Who didn't love Geraldine? And uh, what was that, her boyfriend's name that you never saw? Yeah, I, I, that I don't remember. What was his name? I don't know, but she had the boyfriend she was always talking about. He put on that wig and that little mini skirt yeah. and, and we just thought he was hilarious. Oh, killer! Killer, okay. Killer, that was the boyfriend's name. Yeah, but when I read that review and they were saying, I said, he ought to do just as a goof, he should put out an alternate yeah. movie just for the Blu-ray <laughs> where he does Alex Cross as Medea and just does the whole movie like that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, are we going to wrap this up? Uh, yeah, we're going to wrap this up. Because <laughs> we got our special guest coming soon. Yes, this is just a point five. This yeah, it's it. just a point five, and we wanted to, because I know that this is something where a lot of people are going like, why the hell are these movies still being made? They all suck. I'm not going to I have seen pretty much all of the Medea movies, and I'm sorry, I like Medea. Medea is hilarious. They had a bit at the end of Medea Goes to Jail with Dr. Phil that to me is almost, and I'm sorry if it, for you Abner Costello fans, to me it's almost as good as Who's On First. Where her and Dr. Phil are going back and forth by her anger issues. Yeah. Where she gets I'm not the one with the anger issues. Yeah. And Dr. Phil said, oh, I think you can. And they're going back and forth. He said, why do you feel you always got to get people? She said, because them, they get got, got to get gotten. If you get got, <laughs> look at, those of you who see it, you know what I mean. Those of you who don't are scratching your head and saying dirt, doesn't know what he's talking about. But yes, what else have I seen? I've seen Why'd I Get Married, which was a very good movie. I would have loved that movie even if it wasn't Tyler Perry. It was a well-written movie. And to me, it was an accurate. You not being married, you might not be able to empathize with it so much, but trust me, married people went to see this movie and say, yeah, that's how married people yeah. act, because they have four or five different couples in there, and if you're married, you were up there somewhere, right. which is why I think that movie was successful enough to, to not sequel. only get a sequel, but Tyler Perry did a TV spinoff that's right. on TBS now. Me, I'm sorry folks, I'm person, I don't argue with success, is his movies appeal to people. They like it. They don't pay attention to the critics, which is why he right. stopped screening his movie. And I admire him for that. Because unlike Kevin Smith, who quit making movies because he couldn't take the slapping around he was getting from the critics, Tyler Perry just said, I don't make my movie for critics. I make it for people. Which I think any artist, whether you're a writer, whether you're a filmmaker, whether you're a dancer, whatever creative thing you're you're not doing it for the critics. You're doing it for the people. Once you start doing what you do right. for the critics, that leads to madness. 
because these people are not your audience. You have to do what you do for your audience. And in that respect, I heartily say that Tyler Perry is a successful filmmaker because he does what he does because of his audience and they respond to it. Right. What are you laughing about? No, no, no. I'm thinking about something else. Oh, okay. But, yes, so we wanted to give you the... What were you thinking about? The introduction got putting together for the Purple Curse episode that we're going to be recording. Oh, God, the Purple Curse episode. Yes, but you'll probably have heard about the Purple Curse by now. Yes, we're finally going to get to do the Purple Curse episode today, folks. And you'll hear why it's the Purple Curse when we finally get to do it. Okay, so that's a little, how long was that? A little about maybe 20 to 30 minutes about Tyler Perry. Yeah. And why he does have the right to make movies. And normal service will resume, at least for a little while longer, in about two weeks. Okay. Now can I get out of the fat suit? Yes, you can. I'll get out of this week because it's hot. Okay. Good night. Good night. This has been your Better in the Dark Point Five, featuring Thomas D. and Derek Ferguson. Normal service will return in two weeks. If you'd like to comment on this or any other episode of the program, please send an email to Better in the Dark at Earth2.net. That's Better in the Dark at Earth-2.net. If you feel this stopgap is not sufficient, please visit the Better in the Dark Central site at www.betterinthedarksite.com, and don't forget to check out all the amazing music available at www.b-hyphen.com. Better in the Dark. Point five is a Conspiracy Productions presentation in association with the Earth2.net community of podcasts. All material copyright, Thomas E. J. and Derek Ferguson. Transmission ends in three, two, one. <laughs>